If you're anything like us, natural products with real ingredients are a priority in your life when it comes to beauty and wellness. Yes. During my first pregnancy, I started researching all the chemicals and ingredients in the daily products I was consuming and putting on my skin. And after that, I knew I had to make the switch to more natural products. First on the list was my deodorant. Yes, and one of our favorite deodorants that we've tried is Nude because it's fully made with natural ingredients. It's 100% vegan, cruelty-free, and doesn't contain any aluminum. Something else we love about Nude is it is actually an anti-odorant, which is technically a little bit different from deodorant. It's much more effective at preventing odor than traditional deodorant, and because of this, you typically only have to apply Nude every three to four days on average, which makes it last so much longer, saving you money, hassle, and honestly, embarrassment. Yes. So if you want to stop your pits from smelling while feeling confident in a product that is safe and natural, Nude is your way to go. So we have a 20% off discount code for you. If you use the code HEARTANDHUSTLE20, all caps, no spaces, and the ampersand sign for the AND, using the link in our show notes, you'll get 20% off. Yep. So that's all caps, no spaces, HEARTANDHUSTLE20 with an ampersand for 20% off your new deodorant today. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Now, if you are a new listener, welcome, welcome. We are so stoked that you're here. And if you love this episode, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. We drop episodes twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And when you subscribe, you will never miss an episode. Now, who here struggles with the good old gram? Yep. Instagram. Now, you might have started to notice, but this summer we're taking our solo shows and diving deep into the nitty gritty, all on helping you grow and market on Instagram. So today we took your biggest Instagram questions and we are answering them on the show. So today's episode answers Instagram topics like how to write your captions from a team or group perspective versus an individual perspective. Should your captions always relate to the photo? How to boost engagement and get followers who actually interact with you? What our personal Instagram boundaries are on our personal or more vulnerable life topics? And lots more. So we got all of these questions directly from you, our listeners, in our Heart and Hustle Facebook group. So if you're not in that Facebook party yet, the link is in the show notes. Come on and join, especially if you want direct questions answered on future episodes or you want input on what topics we do on f- in the future on this show. Now, let's dive on in to your biggest Instagram questions coming in three, two, one. listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Instagram Q&A, let's dive in. For the first question, Taylor Ray asks, my husband and I are a team and I still feel awkward sharing captions that come from my perspective alone or saying us when I'm the only one writing that caption. He's an awesome writer and writes some blog posts for us, but is it weird that they come from our individual perspectives or should they mostly say we, us when written out? That's a really good question because I feel like That's such a good question. There's a lot like there's a lot of people out there that either run a team or 
their account is more of like a brand and it's not necessarily coming from one individual person. Um, I feel like it could go either way. Evie, do you have thoughts on this? I do. I have many thoughts on this. So I feel like here's the, the differentiating factor that I almost want to clarify. I feel if you are a husband and wife team or a business partnership, you know, coming from one or two people specifically, I guess two people, or even three, if you're a small team with individual people, my perspective is that you can and should showcase that individuality as well as the duality or the yeah. the, the teamwork. I think, honestly, Taylor Ray, it could be really cool if you and your husband both write captions for Instagram of from personal perspectives. Like you could write something of, this is the biggest thing I've learned in business this year. He could write something of, this is the biggest thing I've learned as a business owner this year. And then you could write something together. This is what we've learned as like a team, you know, something like that, that allows people to connect with both of you as individuals, as well yeah. as, as a team front. Because I think the thing you have to keep in mind here, especially as like a, a partnership with two people, like a husband and wife team, that's still very intimate and very personal. And most often you're still going to be striving for that personal connection. So I don't think there's any problem with writing from, you know, I perspectives or, you know, throwing in the occasional us or we as a team. But I think keeping in mind, you still want that connection to be in the forefront. I think it's, very valuable to almost hit all perspectives in that case. Right. I don't, well, I was just going to say, I don't think it's weird if you're writing occasional ones just from your, your yeah, perspective, no, which is what Evie just said. But even, even some captions that are like more educational, you might not even have to use the word we or us. Like depending on what you're saying, it could just be like a teaching thing that's like saying, hey, like, do you struggle with this? Like, this is yeah. where you can, like, I mean, sometimes a we, like, depending on, again, the phrasing, it might come in, which is totally fine. And I think a really good example of this is me and Evie with the heart. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes we'll do captions that's like, hey, Evie here, and it it does come from her perspective, or it comes from my perspective, but a lot of times it does come from both of our perspectives. Yeah. And it's, we just use the word we or us. And I think that's totally fine, especially if you're an established team. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think, especially yeah. if you're like, if this anybody listening to this is building more of a brand and you're not just like a partnership or a duo yeah. and you're more of like a, a corporation or maybe not even, maybe that even sounds too fancy, but just like a, a bigger team. I you just use we. Well, I also want to throw out, just to clarify what you're trying to say, Linz, there's a difference between a personal brand that you're rallying people around, like a connection and a human and the relationship yeah. or a, you know, a, a mission brand where you're rallying people behind a, a community a or or a mission and a, a company. So there's that's the differentiator is that in in the second case you're going to speak much more from the the team perspective as a community. We're in this together. We're all you know we. There's a lot of we verbiage, whereas the more personal brand is a little bit more like personal connection. I you know that that pronoun of creating that yeah. intimacy and that connection. So. Yeah, there's you're still rallying people behind some sort of connection, but the connections are different. Overall, don't overthink it. Yeah. I think both ways is fine. Yep, for sure. Perfect. All right, next question. Meg asks, I, for some reason, feel weird writing captions that don't pertain to the photo. 
I feel somewhat disrespectful if I don't talk about the subject of the photo. So I guess basically, what is our opinion on pairing captions with totally unrelated images? So I want to speak to this on a broader level, but I know also that Meg is a photographer and she's specifically talking about like uh, a photo, like because with photographers specifically, your your work is photos of other people. So I think that her probably specific pain point is coming from that like tension of Mm -hmm. writing like a personal caption on a photo of like a senior portrait. Or something yeah. like that. And I totally get that. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost like a different question than how I would answer it for non-photographers um, yeah. a little bit. So I'll, I'll get to hers first. So for Meg, if you are a portrait photographer or any photographer that's listening to this, I, I would be a little bit careful, especially with portrait photos of, of other people, mm-hmm. of not being too like vulnerable or personable. Because yeah, that... There is a little weirdness in that, I think, of like sharing your heart behind with your someone life. else's face. Especially if you're not showing showing up a lot. So then it could be confusing and, and people could think that that's you if it yeah. is a photo of just one person, which that's a whole other issue. Show up on your dang feed like multiple times and, <laughs> and rant. But I think for like senior photographers or portrait photographers, I would be a little bit careful on the captions that you write with with a senior or, or a portrait of somebody. However, I don't think that always means that the caption has to be about that individual person. Yes. I think just avoiding very personable, like vulnerable captions of yourself. But I think talking about like how to pose or just like the behind the scenes of your business, I think that's fine as long as it doesn't cross that personal boundary. That's my mm. opinion. I mean, do you have thoughts? No, I agree with that. I think you also have to keep in mind you can't talk about the same person 500 times right if you're you know posting multiple things from that session but what you can talk about is tell the story of that senior of that wedding couple of that you know whatever that looks like and in the first like photo or two that you post from their session or you know whatnot and then the second time talk about the experience of what it was like for them their, their review or, you know, whatever you can incorporate a lot more perspective other than just, this is Sarah. She's graduating this year. She wants to do this at this college, you know, whatever. Um, but I agree with what you're saying, Linz of the, I think the more deep, intimate, like personal, like here's what I've been learning lately, or here are some mistakes I've been making and what I've, you know, wish I could have done differently or anything like that. Save those for, the the photos of you save those for you know a, a landscape photo or whatever something yeah. that's not like somebody else's face attached to your heart in the caption almost i will say though if you're widening this to not just senior photographers and you're talking about like couple photographers there's been times not that i've done like a vulnerable post on a couple photo but one that's coming to my mind is and but it's still technically related to the photo. It just didn't relate to the actual couple. I did a photo and I talked about a very vulnerable moment uh, for me as a photographer that I said, hey, I struggled like heck editing this session. And I felt like an imposter trying to sell presets because I couldn't even get the edit right. So it, it, it was vulnerable in a sense, but it was talking about like the edit, which technically still attributed to the photo. But I've done yeah. that many times where I have a photo of a couple that I've shot and it's it is, it's not necessarily like the photo is, or the caption isn't always about that couple. Oh, yeah. I just do try to 
veer away from like very personable, vulnerable, like my life type of caption with that. Right. But I think if we're, if we're giving this advice to non-photographers, I almost think you have a little bit more flexibility. If your product is not people or not photos (laughs) of people, I think you can get away with a lot more of like, of making the caption be not directly related to the photo. Do you have thoughts on that, Evie? No, I agree with that. I think overall, just don't, don't overthink it. The, The bottom line is show up in your feed and create those more intimate, compelling connection-based captions around photos of yourself or, you know, a photo, if you're doing like a filler photo or something of like a landscape or a sunset or your house or anything like that, on those, create those more like intimate posts. On the ones with your clients or, you know, your, your product or something that you actually feel that awkwardness around creating any sort of caption, you can still post stuff around like, here's what my day's been looking like, or like, here's what I'm, you know, here's what I'm learning this week. I still need to rest or something, but wow, I'm loving editing this session. Or, you know, you can, you can put in stuff that's just not the intimacy of those personal ones with somebody else's face. So I think that's the only real thought I have. Otherwise, I don't think you really have to overthink it. Just experiment, get over, you know, the, the awkwardness that there sometimes is in writing captions, but Overall, I think like just post what you're feeling, share your heart, people will connect to it. And I don't think it's as disrespectful as it feels, especially here. I guess here's my final thought especially if you've posted those photos before. If you've posted a photo, like the first photo of a session, a client, a wedding, a product, or whatever, should probably not be here's my heart that's completely unrelated to the photo. That is maybe a problem. However, if you've posted and shared their story, shared the experience of what that session was like or anything that you've you've tied in that photo to the caption at least somewhat and then you're reposting, you know, sharing more of that work or more of that session or more of that product or anything like that and you bring it a little bit more to like here's my day, here's my week, here's what I'm learning, you know, whatever. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. I don't know if you have thoughts on that lens. Nope, I agree. And if you're finding yourself having more personal captions and you don't have enough photos of you to like pair with that. And that's what's making you feel that awkwardness of sharing photos of your work or your product. Then that's a good clue to have more photos of you, which we're always a fan of. All right. Next question. (laughs) I thought you were going to pitch the content photo or yeah, the content photo minor. And I was like, oh, she's going there. (laughs) Uh, No, but there's another question on here that actually would relate to that. So hold tight. Hold tight. All right. Next question. Rachel asks, I'm struggling with engagement. I've been reaching out to my ICA. She did not define ICA. I'm assuming it's ideal client avatar. I could totally Mm -hmm. be wrong, but I'm going to roll with that. Uh, (laughs) Ideal client avatar and creating a variety. Wow, I can't talk today. A variety of content more consistently, but I'm struggling with having more responses. And then a similar question that was asked by Marissa is basically, how do you get more followers that actually interact with my content? So I think ultimately with both those questions with Rachel and Marissa's question, is like ask how do you get more engagement ultimately from people that actually care about you and your product and your service? Yeah. Um, well, I have a lot to say on this, so I'm trying to figure out how to keep it clear and concise and just to the point for a Q and A episode. Um, I would say first and foremost, Rachel, it's it's ki- like killer, stellar that you have an idea of who your ideal client avatar is, and you know that you're creating a variety of content. 
The thing that I would say is how long have you been creating that targeted, consistent, intentional content for your client avatar? Because it takes time. It's going to take like months of work. It might even take a couple of years of work to really see like quality engagement consistently. Um, but that's okay. So that's the that's the number one thing that I want to say is like, first of all, you're doing great. It sounds like you're already on the right track. Um, secondly, keep giving it time. And third, start experimenting with some other things. Start asking yourself, okay, am I creating, you know, good posts with decent calls to action at the end, but I'm not showing up in my stories and inviting people into DM me and responding to DMs. If that's the case, people probably aren't conditioned or comfortable with, mm-hmm. re, you know, in, entering into conversation with you on your posts because they they don't feel like they know you on a personal level from your stories. And they've DM'd you before and never gotten a reply or um, they've never felt comfortable DMing you before. And DMs, I will say, I feel like DMs feel a lot more uh, welcoming to most people than comments do because it feels more personal. They feel like they're almost texting a friend in response. So that's one of the easiest places where you can start building that trust of conversation and engagement. So start experimenting around with that. Don't wait for people to DM you. Don't wait for people to comment on your posts. Yeah. Like go out and actually give the engagement that you want to receive, not just to the people that you follow, but to your followers. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to follow them back if you don't want to, but go actually like out of your way and initiate the engagement. Like you have to teach people how to engage with you. I know we've said that before, but it really is true. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, Oh Lord, what did I want to say? Pregnancy <laughs> brain is a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, <laughs> this is so awkward. It just like left me like a butterfly. It just went out of my brain. I'll just I'll back it up. I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm struggling today. You're doing great. The other thing I will say with that, I'm back on track. Uh, is with going out of your way to actually get engagement, I know Rachel's specific question was like, she's reaching out to her ideal client avatar and creating a variety of content, but she's struggling to have more responses as if like you're doing a question box or you're maybe DMing. I'm not, I'm not sure what you're doing or even comments on your captions. However, let's use the example of a question box. Say you did a Q&A or you said, hey, like, what do you want to see more of from me? Well, maybe that's actually a bad example because you genuinely want people's responses that are not your own. But my thought of a hack for this and do not have any shame in doing this because girls got to do what girls got to do or a guy, Nate, the singular <laughs> guy that listens to this show. I'm calling him <laughs> out. I know every single one of our male audience people by like name because there's so few of them. <laughs> it's like Ivan, Nate, like <laughs> Carlos. I love it. It's great. Uh, anyways, it's basically if you do a Q&A and you're not getting enough responses, go to your own dang question box and write yourself a question and then answer yep. it. Yep. Create your own engagement. Yep. What oh, I was that- going to say is is don't do that necessarily if you're asking your ideal client for what they want to see because that's not really helping you because then that's just you filling out your own thing. But if it's like, do you have questions about what it's like to work with me or something like that? And you know, there are some frequently asked questions that you get in your emails or in your DMs right. and nobody's putting it in the question box. And you're like, okay, I want to answer this. Go into your own question box, put that question and then post it to your story. I definitely did not do this when I was first starting, but I've seen people doing it now. And I'm like, 
what it's genius. That, it's brilliant. It's it's so smart. And it's just a way to almost direct your Facilitate audience. Facilitate that engagement. Of, yes, of how to engage with you, what questions to ask, what questions are safe to ask. Because sometimes people don't know what there is okay asking. Like, you know, why why are your prices set the way they are? Some people might not feel comfortable asking that, but it's a great opportunity for you to break down. Like, here's the value that you get when you book with me. This is why I'm, you know, priced the way that I am or, or you buy for me or whatever. So that's just, that's another little engagement hack. You can I, also... Oh, sorry. You go. You go. I <laughs> no, have another thought. You go. <laughs> we might be thinking the same thing. No, was, we're not. Okay. I was also going to say on your question boxes, um, if you're only getting like a handful of, of questions, not only answer those publicly, but go and DM that person directly as well and say, I loved your question today. Thank you so much. That was so good. Let me know if you have anything else yeah. that I can help you with or, you know, blah, blah. like basically just go on a personal level and basically reward and encourage that type of engagement again in the future. And it'll just create this freedom and the sense of security for people to continue to engage and respond with you. Ultimately, social media is like a lesson in networking and being like a, a charismatic person. I also just, you said, you said social media and I was going to be, is social. So be social. <laughs> I mean, tr- it's true. It's true. What yeah. I was going to say was I saw a reel recently that it was like one of those sassy things that's like, that that music that you say something and it's like and then it like gets all intense and it's like oh really oh oh is that what it is it is that does anyone know what I'm yes, talking about I know what you're talking about it said uh the woman was like when people say I get no responses on like my content and then she like it got the music gets intense and she goes I'm sorry you got 30 responses you got 30 likes is 30 equal to zero I, last <laughs> time I did math it's not it was like so <laughs> sassy and I was like I know that's sassy but I think it's a good reminder that we almost, we look at everyone else and we see, oh, they have a hundred comments or they have even 50 comments and we're, I'm not getting that, but maybe you have 500 followers and the equivalent of that would it make sense anyway. And it's mm-hmm. like, you have to remember that every single one of your followers, every single person that comments is a human being that took yeah. time out of their day to write to you. So yep. even if you only get two comments, thank the Lord for those two comments yep. and like steward that. Yep. Because when Ooh. you steward the little, you will steward the lot. The, the lot. That was, <laughs> that was a word. That was a word. Right. Oh, amazing. Okay, let's move on. Next question is from Ashley, and she asks, what do you use to schedule and plan your posts? Do you get a notification reminding you to post, or does it automatically post for you? Oh, oh, I have thoughts. I have Good thoughts. Good one. I have Good thoughts. One. Okay, I'm going to dive straight on in. Um, so Lindsay and I both have used Unum, which, side tangent, let me just give a side tangent here really fast. Um, if you aren't familiar, I do, uh, Lindsay and I do business education and we have done business education for several years now. And we have used Unum for quite a few years. We have taught courses and done podcast episodes and Instagram lives where we have said Unum more times than I can count. And in the last nine months, I was having a conversation with a friend and they are friends with the founders of Unum. And it is not pronounced Unum. It is pronounced Unum. And I don't like that. <laughs> I, I I, just, if you're going to name your company something so freaking complicated, well, you're going to have Latin, to deal with it. It's a Latin word. But I just- What does it mean? It, I don't remember. Okay, well. <laughs> Somebody can anyways, Google it. Anyways, uh, we used to use unum. Yes. I'm not even changing the pronunciation. No, we're just going to stick. It's been like seven years that we've used that. So, <laughs> unum. However, <laughs> however, I will say, 
I feel like we're hating on them now because I'm no, about what I'm about to say. <laughs> we love them. However, they changed recently over like the last year. And I think what they tried to do is make it more of a paid app, but like tried to still keep all the people that were on it for free. Yeah. And, and they changed it in a weird way that like I do not like it anymore. No. It doesn't show real covers. If like you're posting a reel to your feed, it doesn't post. It's just, it's much harder to navigate. It used to be such a good app. Um, and I feel like lately it's just, it's been really challenging. It doesn't update. It'll kick you off. It will disconnect yeah. from your feed. It's just really complicated. Um, so I switched over. I started using Later for a while. And I wasn't obsessed with Later personally. I know so many social media like people love it. I liked it. I didn't love it. And so I actually switched over to Planoly, which is what I use now. And mm -hmm. I love Planoly. I love Planoly. Do you struggle with knowing what the heck to post on Instagram? Do you find yourself staring at your phone with a blank page and a blinking cursor feeling completely worthless because nothing is coming to your brain? It's like, you know you need to post consistently, but honestly, the biggest freaking thing stopping you from showing up daily and serving your audience are those dang captions. Like, what do you even say? You are tired of trying to come up with them day after day. I mean, let's be real. That is exhausting. If not knowing what to write in your captions is the bane of your existence, then we've created something that's going to come in honestly like Superman and save your dang day. <laughs> are you ready for it? Hint, I don't think you are. Introducing our Caption Playbook, a monthly subscription plan that delivers 20 custom pre-written caption templates into your hands every single month. That's enough captions for you to post every day of the week each month. Look, we've done the hard part for you, so you don't have to struggle anymore. Just grab a template, tweak to your own business and personality, and post away. It's seriously that simple. No more waiting to post until inspiration strikes. Inspiration is coming to you, my friend. Sign up for the caption playbook to crush your caption game. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash caption dash playbook and say goodbye to your caption woes forever. Yeah, Planoly is awesome. Yeah, so that's what we would recommend. And then to the second part, do you get a notification reminding you to post or does it post automatically for you? Do you want to cover that, Linz? Uh Yeah, I would always post in real time. I feel like we've shared this on the podcast before or maybe yeah. we've just said it before. But if even if you're using an app to plan your feed out, I would still always recommend you personally going and actually posting that to your feed like with you, not a robot. Like don't do it automatically. Yeah. Only because with the algorithm, you want to have the most interaction at the very beginning of your post, like to help yeah. it boost. Basically tells the algorithm, hey, this content is is being interacted with a lot. I'm going to push it to more people. Yeah. And if you're having it automatically post, you're not going to be there to be answering comments, to be engaging on the app, to get people in that moment onto your account. And so it's like, Yes, we do agree with automation. We do agree with working smarter, not harder. However, in yeah. this instance, I would still like schedule it and maybe like you said, just have it notify you when to post and then actually go do it yourself. But don't have an app post for you. Um, even if it posts like the hashtags and in the comments and like all that, like still do it yourself because I think you're going to reap the reward of that. Yeah. All right. All right. Next one. <laughs> Abby asks... I would love to hear some of your journeys around Instagram boundaries, i.e. time limits and things you choose to not share. Have those boundaries shifted over the years? How and why? Mm, oh, that's good. This is a, Time this limits? Is we, the, the more like boundaries on like time and just being on our phone, we actually talked about already on a past episode that I don't remember. <laughs> you want to look that up while I'm talking? Yes, go for it. 
But we did uh, an entire social media boundary episode, which is really good. So go listen to that one. Evie's going to pull up the number. But for the other part of that, of like boundaries on what we share, um, I feel like, I don't know if it's changed over time for me. Well, yeah. Mm, I think it, it it's not overall like, oh, I used to be do this and now it's this. I think it's it comes and goes in waves and in seasons of what I'm willing to share and what I'm not willing to share. Um, like there's some topics that I just like never share on social and that's okay. And I think as I become a mom and as I just like get older, I think slowly I'm making, like I know the value of personal branding, but I'm also being trying to be very wise in in discerning what I want to share and what I don't want to share and like protecting my family, protecting just like my personal life, protecting just issues that I don't feel called to share on. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of that, like, like praying and discerning, asking God, like, Hey, is there a vulnerable situation or, or story that you do want me to share? An example for me was my miscarriage. Like I didn't have to share that. I almost did not but I, I did felt called to share that. And I'm really glad I did. I don't regret that at all, but just things like that, where it's like, there is a messy line between like personal branding and you're like, oh, share all your vulnerable abilities. And it's like, no, you get to draw that line for Mm -hmm. yourself of where that that is for you. And you can still have a personal brand without even sharing your family. Like you can talk about your love for coffee or your love for surfing. And that's still a personal brand, but you can completely keep your family out of that if that's your own personal boundary line. So I would say something that I think I've never shared or I've tried to never share is like, the specifics on where I live as far as like the street. Um, <laughs> like that's just, just smart. Yeah. Don't do that. I try not to post in real time. So that way I don't get stalkers that come, not stalkers. Well, yeah. You, you never know the internet. Uh, <laughs> the internet can be weird. Like I try not to story something where I'm at in the moment that I'm there. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, I feel like wanna... that's like safety boundaries, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so it's episode 136 on social media boundaries if you want to dive into this a little bit deeper. Um, I just want to like basically just tag team what Lindsay said. I think time limits, uh, I try as much as possible. I don't ideally sit and scroll Instagram really unless I've set aside specific time to go through like reels or something like that to get inspiration for like some a reels batching day or something, in which case I usually set a timer to make sure I'm not just scrolling for hours. Um, So there are certain like boundaries like that, which we talk a little bit more about in the episode 136. Um, So I have, Lindsay and I both have time limits on our phones of certain hours we're allowed on our phones on each day. And then things choosing not to share. I think the bottom line is for Lindsay and I both, we just seek the Lord. And that's obviously our personal conviction, but we just pursue what we feel God is telling us to share or not to share. And we pay attention to the check in our heart of what we feel called to share, what we feel safe sharing, what we feel the Lord is putting on our heart to share versus what we feel is more personal or God doesn't want us to share yet or something like that. So that's really our gauge. And that really helps us. And of course, those boundaries and those, you know, those things have shifted over the years, like for 
a long time, like a, a year of dating, Landon and I did not show that we were in a relationship. Obviously, he was occasionally on my stories because we were dating and we were like with each other 24-7. Um, but as much as possible, like I didn't share hardly anything about him, nothing about our relationship. Um, and that was a strict boundary just because we wanted that season without thousands of eyes on us and on what we were doing. Um, but obviously over the years, that's completely shifted. And now Landon's just a huge part of me and my life and my social media. Um, so things like that, that was a season where I felt that was a boundary and that was a no share. And now I'm in a season of like, no, share pretty much everything. Although I will say, Lindsay's grinning. So I feel like she has something to say, but I will, I have many thoughts. <laughs> I will say if it were up to me, I would have kept our engagement a secret and just gotten married and shared probably a few months after we got married. But Lyndon wanted to share, so we went for that. <laughs> Which, you just dropped the ball. If anybody doesn't follow Evie on social media and they just now listen to this episode, surprise! Oh, Girlfriend well, is engaged. Surprise. <laughs> I low-key think we should do an entire podcast episode on the story of how that happened and I just be dramatic AF the entire time. <laughs> I think proposal. that... Please tell us if you want that. I know that's more of a lifestyle thing. And so the people that are here for hardcore business education probably would just be like, no, stop. <laughs> Please leave. <But> I, <laughs> we should do we should do like a vlog I was very, or something. Maybe. I was or very shocked. Lab. I was very shocked though that you shared it as fast as you did because of your past of just keeping things close and not revealing information. Yep. Um oh, so great though. So great. <laughs> Ah. Anyways, Evie's engaged. I kept it from her for like two months while I was with her for a month and a half of that every dang day. It was very hard. Anyways, moving on. We can. Kudos. That's not the point of this episode. So yes, to answer your question, Abby, that's a little glimpse of like us and our our journeys. But if you want to know even more, go to episode 136 on the podcast um, to hear it way more in depth. All right. Kaylee asks, do you have recommended times of day that you dedicate to Instagram other than the time you spend around posting, interacting immediately after. So this is a good follow-up question to the previous question yeah. um, about like boundaries in general. I don't, I, I should, I because I'm probably not as good at, as this, at this right now in this season as I want to be. Um, but I don't have like, like a notification that's like, okay, now you can get on Instagram or something like that. Like I have a time limit on my phone of like a few hours on Instagram and then I have like a, a limit as far as like, hey, it my my apps shut off at like, I think 8 p.m. Yeah. And so I don't get on them after that. However, I don't I don't have like dedicated times of day, like strictly. Yeah. However, I do try to not get on it at the beginning of my work day. I try to like do stuff in my work day and then usually create content and like consume Instagram later in the day, usually. Yeah. Um, that's not a hard and fast rule. But I'm also in a really weird season of my life right now where like my life has no structure. So Instagram <laughs> is like structure with Instagram is like the least of my priorities right now just because we don't have a house to live in and we're working on that. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would say just a tag team to that because I'm very similar in the sense that Lindsay and I both like I try not to touch my phone or my Instagram in the mornings um, as much as possible. Obviously, sometimes I I don't stick to that. But I would say... I, on the days when I actually time block my days really well, and I know, okay, in the morning, I'm going to get up, I'm going to have my morning routine. I'm going to dive into this project. And then I have this meeting and then blah, blah, like that automatically, typically 
blocks my day where I'm not spending unnecessary time on the app just scrolling because I have a lot of direction, a lot of clarity to my days. So that's more of what I try to pursue is instead of focusing so heavily on this is when I can be on Instagram and this is what I can't, I focus on what do I need to do that's going to move the bottom line in my business. And then I put those like time blocks in my calendar that yes, on my lunch break or something, I might sit there and answer some DMs or, you know, post my, uh, you know, caption for the day or my post for the day. But I'm most likely not going to just be sitting and scrolling because I'm working on something else. So that's me personally. I don't focus as heavily on like times of day for Instagram, but it's very similar to Lindsay if it's usually afternoon or evening. Um, And when I am like batching reels or batching captions or anything like that, that's obviously a time block that's in my calendar. Um, But as far as engaging, like, no, if I'm uh, waiting in line for something, I'll probably open my app and answer a bunch of DMs. But that's the other thing for me. I feel like the majority of the time when I hop on the app, I'm like engaging, I'm answering DMs, I'm responding to comments, I'm like answering stuff. Uh, I, I feel like it's usually like, evening, nighttime that I would just sit and scroll like reels or something like that. To get inspired. Yeah. But, or sometimes just to like relax or hang out. I feel like during my work day, I don't typically just like sit and scroll the app for, I'm not consuming. I'm, I'm working, I'm engaging with comments. I'm responding to people. Um, but you're not getting back up to that first question or maybe the second one of engagement. If you're not getting those comments or DMS, your work could look like going out of your way to actually comment on other people instead of necessarily responding. Yeah. Just to clarify it, like if, if you're not getting that right now. I love that. So yeah. Um, I would say also just to end this question, like if you're sitting there and you're like overwhelmed at the app or you're having moments where you're just like, I'm not consistent right now, like know that we have seasons of that too. Like sometimes your business needs different focus yeah, uh, and uh, on things that are not Instagram. Because like in order to grow on Instagram truly and like to see actual like improvement happen, you need to dedicate time to it. Like there's just no way around that. Yeah. And or a lot and, of money to outsource. hire somebody to do it for you. But even then you still have to do work, period. <laughs> right. And so I just want to like give some encouragement Like, you're not alone. Like, right now is a great season of my life. Not a great season. It's just, it's a season of my life where, like, we've been doing a lot of work. We're in a weird life transition season where, like, I don't have a home. So I'm not doing things that I would normally do, like, showing, like, like me and Eloise playing on our couch or like our home or our lifestyle or even like a time lapse or like just like things that I normally would do to feel creatively inspired to create content on Instagram. I'm like in a weird season right now where it like, it feels like work and I'm not posting consistently. And so I just want to give you permission. If you're in a similar season, it's okay. Like, yep. it, it, Instagram is great. And we're obviously, this, obviously this topic in this episode is about Instagram, but <laughs> it's not the end all be all. If there's other things in your life or in your business that need your priority or your attention right now, that's okay. If you're not, yeah. I, I know that we teach consistency because it's true. It's the fact. But that's how you'll grow. There's grace there. Yeah. If you're not posting consistently and you're just in a season where your life is in shambles. Yeah. I'm just preaching to myself. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would all, I'm in a 
not similar season, but similar season of like with everything going on with launching and Evie Slim and the chaos there and all this, you know, whatnot that's been happening lately. Engagement, wedding planning. Engagement, wedding planning, launches for the heart, launches. Yeah, it's all just crazy. But I am like not hardly posting to my own Instagram like at all right now. I'm not, I haven't posted to Evie Slim since the chaos with our inventory started hitting because I was like, I can't market and sell a product that I don't even have in my hands. Like, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. So I have barely been posting at all. And that's okay. Like, I need to recognize I'm trying to focus on these launches and the work for the heart and like filming the yeah. courses and getting the Evie Swim inventory chaos sorted out. And that's okay. Like, that's what my, where my energy needs to be right now. And there's grace for that. So Lindsay and I both yeah. in like different seasons, but similar situation of like, would posting on Instagram every day be really helpful for our marketing and grow our Instagram and grow our businesses? Yes, absolutely. Do we have other things that are requiring our attention right now? Yes, absolutely. Does Lindsay just maybe need a break and to not have to show up daily when she's just trying to keep her life in order? Yes, absolutely. And that's okay. So yeah, just, just to give that permission, permission granted to anybody else that's in the same boat. Yes. All right. Last, last question. question. <laughs> Evie, read it, and then you're going to understand why I saved that pitch oh, for last. Okay. All right. Marissa <laughs> asks, I know it's important to show yourself, but I can only take selfies for so long. Should I hire someone or get a friend to do a photo shoot or photo shoots of me? I've always felt vain for taking pictures of myself, but it seems needed for posts. Oh, oh I see why you saved this. <laughs> I see. I see now. <laughs> this is a great question, Marissa, because I think it's a question that absolutely every single person that is running an Instagram kind of needs yeah, or, or ha- has struggled with. I'm in the exact same boat of literally, literally this morning, I was like, which just goes to the whole consistency thing of me being not in a season that I'm posting. This morning, I was like, okay, okay, Lindsay, I need to post more. And I literally looked through my camera roll and I didn't have any new content photos of myself that were edited. We had photos from Mexico that we took that I have not edited. So this morning, I literally pulled out before we started batching podcasts. I pulled out, excuse me, I pulled out Lightroom and I started editing some content photos because I was like, oh Lord, I need some (laughs) photos of myself. So So we've all been there. Yes, we've all been there. I would say you you don't have to rely just on selfies, Marissa. Yeah. Uh, You can hire somebody to do like a professional photo shoot. And especially for non-photographers, I would definitely recommend this, especially if you don't own a camera and you are not good with photography at all. Definitely do it like hire a brand photographer, get like five to seven outfits, like get, I mean, however many they'll maybe let you if you hire somebody, but like get ridiculous amounts of outfits and batch an entire branding session so that you have like a crap ton of content that you can come to for like three or four months until you do another branding session or, or whatever. Cause those are super helpful to intermix with like phone photos and just other photos of, of your product or service or whatever. But I would recommend a branding session for anybody that's not a photographer. And then if you are a photographer or if you just have the skills of a DSLR uh, and you know that, then definitely do your own tripod photos, get a friend, get your spouse or your partner to like take photos of you. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a DSLR on hand, use it. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was everything that I would say. The only thing I want to add on to that is a shameless plug the uh, of our content photo minor, which we mentioned before. But yeah, if you are struggling with having photos of yourself for social media, first of all, it is not vain at all. It mm. is it is inviting connection and relationship with your ideal customer, with your ideal client, with your audience. It's it's vulnerable 
and it's not arrogant. So yeah. switch that perspective shift as a way of, you know, like when you go in for a hug, you have to open up your arms to let people in for the hug. It's not an arrogant thing. You're not spreading your wings and crowing as if you're the end of the world. You're opening your arms to welcome people in. That is the weirdest analogy. I don't know why that crowing. just came to my mind. Spreading <laughs> your wings and crowing. Have you rubbed oh, yeah. a quote? <laughs> should be like the quote for this whole podcast episode. Anyways, I don't know where that came from, but that just popped into my head. So I said it, but yeah, it's not vain. It's, it's intentional. Um, and if you're struggling with how to take photos, how to plan out your outfits in a way that's going to be branded, how to f- pick your locations, how to do self-portraits, how to, you know, hand off your camera to a friend and show them how to get the shot that you're wanting, um, how to pose yourself, anything like that, all in our content photo minor. So we'll put the link in the show notes just because uh, you might need it. If, if you want like a good mini course on a deep dive into content photos of yourself, that will really serve you, my friend. Yes. All right. That's all the questions we have. I hope that was super helpful. We just covered a lot on Instagram. Yeah. Very conversational episode. But uh, let us know if you like these Q&As that are very topical. So I know we've done like general Q&As before. And we've, I think, done like a photography Q&A before. Yeah. But we really wanted to do like certain bite-sized things on just Q&A. A certain form. topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you liked this. And if you did, screenshot it, share it on your gram because we're talking about the gram. So you might as well just share it, tag <laughs> us at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, at Evie Rupp, and at The Heart University. We love seeing it. We love interacting with you guys. We love sharing it. And just, we love you. Thanks yes. for listening. <laughs> All right. We will see you on the next show. In the meantime, go kick some butt and we are in your corner cheering you on. <laughs>